Welcome to Conversations with the Card Reader, the official podcast for the House of Divino. I'm so glad you're here. Grab your favorite beverage and take a seat. Let me talk with you for a while. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Conversations with the Card Reader. This is Tony, the uh, host and owner of the House of Divina. In today's episode, we have a very special guest. His name is Brandon, and he is an astrologer and a friend of mine. So I'm just going to let him uh, introduce himself, talk about what it is that he does, and uh, we're going to talk about how astrology intersects with tarot a little bit today, too, and um, we'll get you some information on how to, uh, to get in touch with him. So Brandon, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself, what it is that you do? Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Tony. So, um, so my name is Brandon. Um, with Bram Astrology. Um, so my branch of astrology that I work with, um, is called evolutionary astrology. Evolutionary astrology. Yes. Tell me about that. So evolutionary astrology <clears throat> works more specifically with uh, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and the nodes, so the outer planets. Okay. Um, a lot of us aren't really as familiar with those. And um, it works specifically on what our soul is looking to evolve into. So we look at um, specifically Pluto, the nodes, and those planets that I referred to, and kind of how the the soul is looking to evolve, what lessons it's trying to learn as it relates to those specific planets. And Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, um, and even Saturn as well a little bit, all have inherent kind of traumas within them. So evolutionary astrology kind of focuses on the traumas that those particular planets um, create in the chart okay, and then kind of bring that awareness to, to the client um, and then try to help them understand how to move through that trauma and evolve. You know, that's why it's evolutionary astrology. Evolutionary astrology. I have never heard of such a thing. Yeah. So did you brand that name? No, no. Oh, so man. evolutionary astrology was, um, it started, uh, I believe, with Jeffrey Wolf Green quite a while ago mm-hmm. um, where he had just really just focused on Pluto and the nodes and things of that nature and kind of found that there was um, a a correlation between kind of where the soul wanted to go and the soul's lessons um, between Pluto and the nodes. Um, and it was a lot of just focus on Pluto's work in specific mm-hmm. um, and the power that Pluto holds because a lot of times, even in like our regular day and age, not in this, in this industry, but they, mm-hmm. uh, people will just say Pluto doesn't exist and Pluto's not relevant. And Uh as astrologers kind of began to look at Pluto's trends and things, they Mm -hmm. began to see that there was big power dynamics and big, big deeper things that were involved. And Jeffrey Wolf Green was kind of the pioneer in that um, to kind of see in natal charts being birth charts, like what, um, how that played out for the native with Pluto. And then extended that to the other outer planets being Neptune, Uranus, Saturn. That's interesting. So um, every year people, well, this happens often, very often, and we'll talk about this a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. We talk about planets going retrograde, Mm -hmm. Mercury going retrograde. And I believe uh, we have, I read something about Pluto going retrograde Mm -hmm. eventually or Mm -hmm. soon. Um, And so the fact that you focus on the outer planets, this is interesting for me because most of the stuff that I read about or hear about, they're mm-hmm. talking about the big planets, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, this provides a whole different mm-hmm. different perspective mm-hmm. uh, of astrology to discuss. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, how 
how did you get into this work? So I have always kind of been interested in astrology for a while. So I was actually born um, four months premature. Wow. So, yeah. So four that, months. Four months. Yeah. Okay. So that's um, that's always been something kind of in the back of my mind um, in my formative years kind of growing up. Like, why was I born when I was born specifically, right? Because four months is a very long amount of time yeah. um, to be premature very early. And there's a lot of um, just complications that come with that. Yeah. And I always just wondered why I was born when I was born. And then around 2010, when I was in college, um, I was living in a college dorm. And there was this girl there on the floor um, who was very into astrology, not not an astrologer, but mm-hmm. just very much into kind of what would now be kind of like the pop astrology world, like kind of like the more like knowing your big three, knowing your big six, your rising sign, things like that. Like, like she had the understanding of the sun, the moon, the rising sign. Mm-hmm. And she came up to me and um, she started telling me, she's like, oh, you realize that there's more than, you're more than just being a Scorpio, right? And I was like, oh, really? Right. And then I remember I, I looked at, um, finally at one point in 2010, I looked at my birth chart for the very first time and I like kind of felt this like really big sense of like peace mm-hmm. and understanding. Um, yeah. And I just kind of dove into it, like okay. as any kind of Scorpio would, um, and, and just kind of like um, just studied it. Uh, right. I studied it for a really long time and um, <clears throat> I started studying it pretty much from 2010 onwards. Um, and then I started reading for friends and family just casually, um, probably I would say around like 2013, mm-hmm. 2014, mm-hmm. um, started getting paid for it by friends and family around 2015, 2016, and then, um, fully did the full business part of it, um, recently kind of more so in like 2019, 2020. Okay. Um, and yeah, and I've just been, I've been doing it for a while. It took a while for me to find the branch of astrology that worked for me in mm-hmm. the sense of evolutionary. But yeah. once I finally found that, I felt like it really kind of made sense. Yeah. So, um, just so that you all know, like I said, Brandon is a friend of mine and, uh, we met recently a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and I had not had an astrological reading because, um, I didn't trust people and, um, meeting Brandon, I was just like, okay, well, first of all, he chatted me up. And so we were both <laughs> chatting each other up. So he, we fell into each other's wheelhouse. So, um, he's, he's a Scorpio. I'm Cancerian. So we were just like kids in a candy store. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we just, we were, we were chatting and it turned into an astrological reading. So hilarious. But, uh, it was, it was powerful. Mm-hmm. It was impactful. It was, um, on, on task. And so, um, I am going to have his information on my website at the That way, um, you all will always be able to find out how to engage him in today. He'll also tell you how to reach him as well. Um, so when he speaks to the idea of finding, um, a branch of astrology that settled with him, um, I found it very interesting, uh, when he was doing my reading, you were talking about um, the Saturn return, I think. Uh-huh. And you said something about um, a wounded healer. Chiron. Chiron. Uh, things that I had never heard about. Uh-huh. So um, 
I, I'm saying this because I want you all to know that when you do book a, a reading or a session with Brandon, um, the vocabulary uh, that he will be speaking to is going to be quite different than what you are used to if you are a fan of, what do you call it? Pop astrology? Pop astrology. <laughs> if yeah. you are a fan of pop astrology and yeah. um, you read the the astrological um, or zodiac readings that you may find on, uh, was it Tango or, um, not to say that, you know, that information, there isn't a place for it and it's not valid. It's just when you work with a real astrologer, a real practitioner, um, it, yeah, it's, it's different. Mm -hmm. So Brandon, you want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. The difference between, uh, reading an astrological or zodiac, um, pop up online or Mm -hmm. listening to one online from your favorite, uh, social media, platform Mm -hmm. to a real reading yeah absolutely so there there's a lot of um there's a lot of astrology out there right now um just in general because after um kind of 2020 there was a lot of things that people were like i want to find more spiritual answers so Mm -hmm. it became a lot more popular for a lot of reasons and so pop astrology is just it's a short form of popular astrology Mm -hmm. meaning that it's kind of like where the majority of people kind of are in the sense of how much they understand of astrology, right? Most people, when they think about astrology up until recently, they really only knew their sun sign. That's true. Um, Now it's reached a point where it's very, very commonplace for people to know their sun, moon and rising, which is a great step in the right direction of like the layers of astrology. Sure. Um, And so with, with the pop astrology world versus like the evolutionary or even just like in general, the professional astrology world, mm-hmm. um, there's a very, there's a very distinct sort of difference because at least for, for my work, um, and a lot of the other professionals, we take this very, very seriously. We look Facts. at, we look at the astrology of like, this is someone in front of me who like the divine is kind of coming through me and speaking through this language of astrology and the things I have to say, especially um, considering my branch of astrology is focused upon trauma is going to be a little bit heavier, a little bit more um, difficult for the average person to deal with, but only because it pushes them a little bit more to see like the depth of their soul or the depth of what they're here to experience. And it's kind of like an an eye awakening sort of moment for people. Sure. Um, And with like, pop astrology that it has its place and i think it it, it's very very valuable to get people kind of like dipping their toe into the astrological world to kind of see Mm -hmm. but getting a reading with a real astrologer is something that is a whole different experience Mm -hmm. because it's almost like the real astrologer isn't really going to or they shouldn't really like sugarcoat those things and kind of hide what they're seeing in the chart sure um for you and there's a whole other conversation in relation to like the like sort of like ethical boundaries within information in the astrological world let's talk about that yeah <laughs> that's a whole other portion of it because because of it being so popular and i sure. and i and i'm sure this is this is kind of a similar thing in tarot it is very similar in tarot everybody you can go to five below or Coles and get a tarot deck. Really? At Coles now? Okay. I saw it at Christmas time. I said, are you kidding me? But yeah. yeah, it speaks to what you're talking about. Anybody can pick up a deck of cards. Yeah. And yeah. it's the thing about 
astrology and I'm an also tarot is it's an interpretive sort of science and interpretive language that yeah. we're, that we're doing. And mm-hmm. because of that, depending upon the reader mm-hmm. and their level of awareness of the craft mm-hmm. or just the client they're talking to, they, um, they're going to communicate that through their own biases and their yes. own understanding and yeah. their own perspective. And sometimes if you give like, let's say you give like a 13, 14 year old girl a tarot deck and then have her start doing readings, you can understand just how a 13, 14 year old girl may or may like may not have the under the mental understanding to grasp all these archetypes in, in tarot. Yes, right. And they're giving readings, you know, on TikTok or whatever, and they might just be spewing things from their limited understanding of yeah. whether it's tarot or life in general. Um, and it happens in astrology too. And I've had clients come to me because other tarot readers, I'm sorry, not other tarot readers, other astrologers mm-hmm. um, kind of said some very um, deterministic and like fatalistic things to them. There you have it. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like, why? Irresponsible. Yeah, it's very, it's very irresponsible because people, every reader is coming at it from their perspective and their, mm-hmm. their understanding of language. And yeah. I think that um, a lot of the times you see a lot of astrologers that will just kind of say things um, because it gets a rise out of people, but you don't realize that those people on the other side of the screen or even sometimes in front of the table from you, which is a whole different issue if you're yeah. doing it to them, yeah. but there's a whole other person who you're affecting by yeah. these words. Yeah. And there's a lot of power that's held in, you know, each practitioner. And mm-hmm. I think it takes some time for us to recognize that and then honor that. I mm-hmm. think that's a big part. Of yeah. It. So, um, and that's just what I do. I, I do that with my work. I make sure I honor the ethics and I do all of those things. And, um, because I, I want to make sure that the clients understand the depth yeah. that this goes. Yeah, for sure. Um, that is a conversation that I'm constantly having with people, the ethics of the, the work that we do. When you think about it, I think about my guests here at the house of Davina and, um, and just the people that I've, I've worked with from the beginning of me starting to read for other people and how people tend to, I, I think that one of the reasons that people go listen to public stuff is because one, when you're, when you're hurting, you really don't care about pedigree. You just uh-huh. want somebody who can heal you. Right. Uh-huh. Um, until you find out that sometimes people without <laughs> that can harm you more. Uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, I think also the reason that people may branch out to listen to um, readers on a social platform rather than coming to you or me, you know, a trusted advisor, is because uh, emotionally and fiscally, uh, they perceive it, and socially, they perceive it to be safe space. Uh-huh. So let me say what, explain what I mean by that. Fiscally, it's a safe space because they're not paying for it uh-huh. with money. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, to come see me for an hour, there's a dollar amount of, uh-huh. of fiscal uh, energetic exchange for that uh, to, to see you, whether it you know, whether it's at a, a public forum when you're doing something public. We'll talk about how you present and talk um, and share and help. Uh, or if it's a one on one, there is a fiscal energetic uh-huh. exchange associated with that. Right. Um, but the, the other thing is. Um, social socially safe right um you mentioned that it's it's pop culture it's popular culture people know their top three um 
they may know some of the archetypes of the tarot cards when you're talking about the, the work that I do. Um, but to tell people that you're an astrologer, that I'm a tarot card reader, in some ways it's a coming out of the closet, uh-huh. if you will, to publicly say, you know, even when I started telling people, hey, I'm a medium, or I have mediumship moments, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a coming out of the closet a little bit. And so it's not always a safe space for people mm-hmm. to say, hey, I paid to talk to a practitioner to get me the help that I need. But by listening to it for free, uh, it's just you and your device and nobody knows. It's, it's mm-hmm. almost like um, message porn. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, if I clear out my browser, nobody will know I did yeah. it. But when you're paying for something, either there's a credit card receipt or somebody saw you go into a building or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And so if you are afraid and still working through that stigma, mm-hmm. um, then then to be able to engage that way online and not pay somebody or read an article, mm-hmm. it's it's socially and fiscally safe. It's also emotionally safe because if they say some stuff that doesn't come to pass, while you would have invested the energy expecting for it to come to pass, even uh-huh. though it wasn't a private reading, uh-huh. um, if it doesn't happen, you'll say, oh, well, no harm, no foul, right? Uh-huh. I didn't pay for it. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know this person personally. They don't know me, so there's really no accountability. Yep. And so in that way, people can justify wasting, um, spending an hour, a ha- hour and a half or whatever, listening to multiple social media readings that have nothing to do with them. It's just very general. And yeah, kind of like when you go to church, if you go to church, the pastor will be speaking for an hour or three, depending on what kind of church you go to. <laughs> I'm black. So go to a black church and church lasts long. Uh, but if you're sitting there long enough, something that pastor says is going to hit and you're like, Oh yeah, that I can use that. Right. Absolutely. Well, the difference when you're you're talking to me, you're talking to you, mm-hmm. is the whole thing is applicable to you. Yeah, absolutely. And yep. you feel it. Yep. You feel it. It's like, ouch, that hurt, yeah. or wow, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep, that's yep. me. And that's um, that's a big thing when it comes to getting a personalized reading from somebody mm-hmm. <clears throat> versus just generally reading your horoscope. Mm-hmm. Where the difference is, is that. Like for you, like when I read you, mm-hmm. um, you know, I saw the alignments that, they, they, that you were born under and it was, mm-hmm. okay, you're going through these specific things as well. And yeah. it, it's more tailored to you because I can say, oh, you're going through your Saturn square or your Saturn return mm-hmm. or your Mars return or whatever, right? You're going mm-hmm. through these pivotal things mm-hmm. that I can see are specific to you versus yes. just like all cancers, right? right. Things like that. Like right. it's. It's very different seeing getting a personalized reading because mm-hmm. quite literally it's personalized. It goes very deep into your stuff. Right. Um, and a lot of people sometimes are scared to go into that. Oh yeah. Because it's it's a very deep level of like of of um perception that mm-hmm. that some astrolog most astrologers should be able to have, but that they have of their client, or at least I know I have. When I see mm-hmm. people's charts, I can see very, very deeply into that. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important for astrologers and even tarot readers to recognize the the depth that we're able to see when we're aligned with spirit sure. and we're aligned with our work um, and we we cherish and we respect our work. It, it, yeah. It's a level of like transparency that we're able to get to. Yeah. Um, but that also comes from us doing our own inner work to oh, be the best goodness. practitioners we can be too. Yeah. So. So let's talk about that. Uh, (laughs) So um, as a tarot card reader and as astrologer, 
an astrologer for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think people realize, I know I've I've had this conversation so often and I even posted it when I was under the moniker Tara with Tony, like when you met me, Mm -hmm. I had a website for that and a blog post, but I don't think people really understand that we have to live through our readings and life just like they do. It's not like, Oh, I can read tarot. I'm an expert tarot card reader. Oh, Brandon's an expert astrologer. Uh, He doesn't have to experience life. No, the only, I don't, I don't even know if it's a good thing, but the only thing is we can see it coming. Yeah. And so in some ways we can brace for it, Mm -hmm. but even that braces only so much. It's kind of like if you're in a ship, there's a storm coming. Mm-hmm. You can brace for it, but you don't have any control over how high that wave goes. Yep. Right? No, agree. And so, uh, and then we are able to tap in and use the tool that we use. For me, it's tarot. For him, it's astrology uh, to kind of help us get through it and to kind of soothe our emotions and egos. Because we're like, how in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of that too uh, enlists our ability or... Um, engages us in such a way that we are intimately entwined with our craft and our tool, Mm -hmm. which makes us an even better helper, reader, uh, astrologer. Uh, So is, do you find that to be true in your own life? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It's, it's something that it, it, it typically starts with, at least in the astrology world. I mean, I don't know how this would really, I mean, I guess it does pair over with with tarot but with astrology you typically start with your own chart in the sense that like that's your kind of like home base i guess you could say where you know your chart backwards and forwards and you kind of explored it as much as you can because that's typically how we all start in this industry at least with astrology that's where we're like true for tarot too yeah where you want to know who you are you want to know more about yourself Mm -hmm. so you go into your own chart why would you read everyone else's chart if you don't even can't understand your own and it's something that i think as astrologers um, I mean, I can only really speak for myself, but I always revisit my own chart. Mm-hmm. I always revisit it. I turn it on its head. I do all these different things with it. And I agree with you. Like I, you definitely see those things coming uh, like mm-hmm. down the pipeline and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, this, there's this transit and this transit and this yeah. transit. Like, how am I going to be dealing with it? Yeah. And it does make us a lot stronger. It give, makes us live through these experiences. Sure. And it's something that it makes us more aware of the subtle energies in yes. our work. Yeah. Um, where things like when specifically, like for me, I just finished my Saturn return, which is Ooh, congratulations. Thank I you. need like the sound drop <laughs> or something. Jeez. Thank you. Then but yeah, yeah the set this this the Saturn return is like an astrological um, time period of of huge maturity. It happens yeah. around twenty eight to thirty. Um, you guys pay attention to this. Yeah, twenty eight to thirty. <laughs> twenty eight to thirty. So it it has to do specifically, like so. The solar return is your son's birthday, meaning your like your your actual birthday. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're most aware of. But mm-hmm. every planet has a return, right? Which I did not know until I met you. Yeah. Yeah. So every planet has a return. Um, the moon has a return every month as the moon uh, moves through its sign. Um, Mercury has a return every year. Venus has a return every year. Mars has a return. Um, every about two and a half, two two and a half years or so. Oh, okay. Um, Jupiter has a return every twelve years takes about a year to go through a sign um and then saturn has a return every um like 20 it's about 28 or so years um 
Chiron's every 50, Uranus is every 88 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really, they all move in their own speed. But point being is Saturn, the Saturn return is a very pivotal time. Mm-hmm. And because um, it's, it's, Saturn has a lot to do with your structural karma, um, your structural trauma, like also where you're trying to, where you're trying to form in the physical, tangible 3D. Mm. And when Saturn returns um, to where it was when you were born, it's all of those lessons. It's it's a birthday for all of your karma, if that makes sense. So it's a lot it's of a like, lot. yeah, it's a lot of releasing. It's a lot of maturity. So mm-hmm. going through that was a really big deal for me. Okay. Um, and it's some, it was something that really helped me lean into my chart a lot mm-hmm. more. Um, and it is said that a lot of people's charts, there's a theory that a lot of people's charts don't really quote unquote activate until their Saturn return because I of that, that. That, that, that maturity solidarity aspect that's yeah. inherent with Saturn. Yeah. And so that would be why people are like, I read my, my astrological sign and that doesn't sound anything like me. Exactly. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. there's that, there's that part, like a, a portion of it. And there's also the portion of, um, like you have your big three, right? You yeah. could be a, like for me, I'm a Scorpio, but I'm a Capricorn rising. Right. Which those are kind of inherently like close in connection. But like if, if I were to be a Scorpio sun, but like a, I don't know, even like a cancer rising, right? Okay. A cancer rising or a Virgo rising. Those are a little bit more different. Um, that it's like if I read a Scorpio horoscope, mm-hmm. but I'm actually, my rising sign is entirely different. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's not going to resonate in the same way, yeah. right? And that's why you have to really look at it from kind of all angles yeah. as you read charts and stuff. But it has helped me. It has, it, going through my Saturn return and going through looking at my chart mm-hmm. um, incessantly has helped me a lot. Um, and the thing that also has helped me a lot as I've gone through my, my maturity and my spiritual work is having those um, other astrologers or practitioners or tarot readers or whomever you you really trust to go to mm-hmm. to kind of say hey like i'm seeing this thing come up in my transits for example as an right. astrologer um can you like pull some cards on it yeah. or go to another astrologer and say hey what how would you interpret um this specific transit that i'm going through right mm-hmm. it's nice to have like very it's it's very hard to find very trusted people on our level yeah, when we're the way true. we are. But Which is why, you guys, I'm putting something on my website <laughs> that yeah. will allow you to find trusted advisors. Go ahead. Yeah. And so uh, it's something that it's really important to be able to lean on one another um, so that we can kind of get a different perspective. Because for me, um, very I don't want to say very early on, but fairly early on, I decided that I really wanted to stay in the astrology lane yeah. um, because I know a lot of people kind of do both. Um, it's very, very common to do both tarot and astrology or yeah. start with tarot and kind of mix in astrology or start with astrology and mix in tarot. And for me, it's been something I'm, I'm trying, I'm just trying to stay in my astrology expertise. I'm with you on that. Yeah. And yeah. it, and it makes it, I feel like it makes us a better, for me, a better astrologer and for you, a better tarot reader. Oh, absolutely. Cause you just kind of really zone in on that craft. Oh, absolutely. Um, and there is a lot of assistance in seeing it from the other side too, where it's yeah. like, Hey, I don't understand tarot to mm-hmm. at any, at any capacity to the level that, that you do. And it's like, I can go to you to say, Hey, like, mm-hmm. I remember a long, a while ago, I was like, Hey, like, how would you explain my energy in tarot cards? Cause it's yeah. just a, di- you know, that's your language. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was a really, really cool 
experience. So yeah. I love I love that. I love yeah. I love the way that you that, that that you do your work. It's oh, great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And and to to your point too, I have tried to learn astrology. I just I I stay in my lane because I'm a tarot card reader. That's that's my jam. I know all 78 cards, frontward, backwards, and reversed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> it is true that in tarot, every type of divination is presented there. Mm-hmm. And yes, with the tarot cards, the astrology is a part of it. Mm-hmm. But like you, I decided early on, let me just stay in my lane and do what I do. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is... Um, you can, when you're in this work, you can understand a lot of different things, but you become a more effective practitioner when you have an area of expertise, right? These, these cards, those planets, those stars, those nodes, all Uh of those, they are in and of themselves an entire study, Uh right? I can do a one card reading for somebody and have a whole hour conversation mm-hmm. because there's so much in that one card. Um, okay. And just like you, you know, I, I live this thing. So when I see a card, yeah, there are the book ideals of, or the or textbook textbook stuff about what the card means. But because I've lived every single card, uh-huh. I have a very intimate yep. um experience profile for each Um, might be why i also own over 400 decks of cards (laughs) Uh, but that's a whole gosh Um, but but each of them speak to you differently so i i agree with you it's important to know what you don't know and immediately you know just say hey listen prime example i have a guest here at the house of divina Uh, she was going through some things and she trusted me to work with her using the tool of tarot to mm-hmm. get her through. And she asked me a timeline question. Now, time in tarot and with the divine mm-hmm. can be a very wishy-washy thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so what I did is I used the tool of numerology to okay. give her an answer for that. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, I interpreted it correctly because I tell people time... You know, our time is it's hinged on some other things. However, when it comes to astrology, um, there is no real wishy-washy. It's mm-hmm. like not not saying. So, my understanding with astrology, experience with astrology, has been it is like a GPS. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make things happen for you, right? Yep. Uh, these are the things that are in alignment yep. that support your actions. So this would be a good time to do it. Yep. Um, or this would be, maybe there's a better time to do it. Mm-hmm. So it is with tarot, right? Yep. Um, but, but yeah, um, stay focusing on your craft and what you do best allows for a more, I think, powerful experience for the querent. Absolutely. Querent meaning the, the client or the guest. Because they understand that they're working with you in your flow. And um, I remember one of the things that, that you and I talked about when we first met. Mm-hmm. You were just like, I'm not gone to a tarot card reading because I don't understand. Like, I need something that's more scientific. Yep, more, that's more verifiable. More yep. verifiable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you haven't had a reading with me because my guests <laughs> will tell you that they are verifiable. Yeah. Um, and so 
that's kind of how our relationship started. We just chatted it up. And then since then, I've gotten readings from him. He's gotten readings from me uh-huh. so that we can see our lives from a different view. Like, um, and th- and that has been very, very helpful for me. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. And it's something that I think as um, as practitioners, like it's it's so important. Like I said, I just really want to emphasize like getting it from someone that you kind of trust and resonate with it's important. you know it's really very important. very important and um there's so much the, the thing about astrology like you had brought up is the verifiability that's yeah. that's really what kind of um kept me in it because mm-hmm. it's something that i find as i was saying earlier like with like tarot readers and also with astrologers it's it's all contingent on the practitioner's language and their understanding of language and their interpretation of that Mm -hmm. and the thing about um astrology that's different than tarot um or inherently different rather is that there's a time based with it where it's like i can tell that there is a full moon at this time i can tell Mm -hmm. that there is you know going to be a retrograde at this sort of time right Mm -hmm. i can i can give you those time frames and also when i do readings for clients Mm -hmm. i can give them that same time frame and i can say you know, during this time, it's going to kind of peak and it's going to feel like a pressure of this or it's going to feel like a, a releasing of this, right? It's a right. lot of those sorts of um, terminologies because mm-hmm. I can look at the timing of things. Right. And the thing that is really, really, um, it, it's very validating because it mm-hmm. gives it gives people something tangible yeah. of, a t- of a time thing to work with, of a, yeah. of, a, of a space and time to say, at this date, at this time, this is what is going to be kind of the weather, right? That's right. kind of the way that I, I really try. But with a better forecast than weather. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> better, yeah. Better percentages. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's something that it's like, it's like if you know that you're going to go outside and it's going to rain, bring, the astrologer will say, hey, it's going to rain. Bring your, you know, bring your like raincoat, bring your umbrella. Um, umbrella. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I forgot that word for some reason. <laughs> bring your umbrella and... Um, you know, but if you don't bring the umbrella, you don't bring your raincoat, then you're going to get wet. Right. And it's like, if you watch the news and you watch, you know, um, the weather forecast and you don't listen to it, that's your own fault. Right. And that's a lot of kind of the way that a lot of astrologers look at, look at, um, the way they do their work is it's like, okay, I'm going to give you this insight, Mm -hmm. this timing of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then from there, like, it's really up to you if you decide to use it or not. Yeah. Right. Tara's the same way. Yeah. You know, we. We give insight, information, guidance, um, and I, I'm now I'm going to only speak to how I read. If I give somebody a time frame, I'm saying, based on the cards, based on numerology, based on archetypes, based on the minimal astrology that I bring into, <laughs> and I say minimal because every tarot card is associated with either with a, a month time frame, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and or season Mm -hmm. you know i can i can bring it down to that Mm -hmm. i cannot bring it down to a date yeah right with tarot yeah and so um so i i do tell people that but i also say and in bringing tarot into this the other thing is this will happen if you do this yes right so tarot is not so specific that there's no way out right there is no way out of a full or a new moon it's just going it's Uh it's showing up that's just what it is and either you're ready for it or you're not but with tarot tarot is gives you a little bit of leeway and it says well this is the trajectory that you're on right now Mm -hmm. and this is how things are going to end up yep however 
this is what you need to do in order to prepare or to do or to bring this thing about, yeah, you know, in order like, to use the tool of tarot as a strategic advantage for what you do and what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So No, I agree with that. And that's something I find. I've found that that's a lot of how tarot is, where it's it's a lot about looking at kind of the potentials kind of in a, in a, in a, I mean, it's a very, like very like trying to minimize that, but um, it's very much looking at the potentials of like, if you, like you said, if you go down this path, this is what you, you have to do to, excuse me, either prepare for it or, you know, um, hinder it, whatever you're looking to do with that particular potential. And I think it's really, really, it's a whole different form of divination that I think is so powerful that it's almost like, I can't even understand it. So I'm just like, I'm going to let the tarot readers do it. You know what I mean? And it's like, I like to stay in the, for me, it's a lot of like, I need that verifiability. I need that like, like applicability that I Mm -hmm. think that um, I've seen astrology work. Right. Um, And so it's been a very, uh, it's very, very fun. Like, connecting with you over the over the couple of years yeah and just learning more about tarot through you which i think is really really awesome because it is its own language which yeah is really cool tarot is definitely its own language absolutely its own language i um <laughs> i remember telling one guest she's just like well what happens if i do nothing i said well the tarot won't do the work for you mm-hmm. if, if, if you want this this is what you need to do to get it yeah. but if you do nothing doing nothing is doing something yep it's the absence of of action is not necessarily in action mm-hmm. right it's it's still a decision yep. um so talk to me about uh people who come to you for a session mm-hmm. um they've got things going on in their lives as we all do they want an outcome but they don't want to do the work how do you have you ever had that <laughs> yeah yeah i know i have I have. How do you support them in their goals if they're just like, I'm just waiting for Chiron to come and heal me? (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's really interesting because if I've always seen those clients that come in and they're, and they're very much just like, they're just partially just wanting to see if it works. Okay. Right. They're just like, Oh, like, I just want to see what you see, right? I want to see what you see. I want to see what you see in the chart. Isn't that loaded? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's something where it's like, okay, well, I'm going to see this, this, and this. Um, whatever, I, whatever I see in the chart, and I'll delineate it for them. But I give them those things, and I give them those their their uh, like applicable things to do, mm-hmm. whether it's this date's coming up, or you know. Um, you have this specific energy that you're trying to tap into more in your chart versus um, previously. And they'll just kind of sometimes look at me and just be like, okay. And they won't like apply it. They won't. I'm like, this is the energy you're working with right now. Right. This is what we're trying to get you to, to like move into. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there's a really specific transit going on for, you know, your, I don't know, like your 10th house, which is like your career, for Mm -hmm. example. Um, and it's like, there's going to be more public things that are going to be happening more of a, um, like a, uh, a shift publicly. Right. And okay. it's like, you can either work with that or not work with that, you right. know? Um, and I've seen people just kind of, they just kind of like, let it be a thought and they mm-hmm. don't like see that it's applicable until it's too, may, might be too late. And yes. like they're in this example, if it were like a 10th house matter, like they're suddenly in a different job or they're fired. Right. 
Um, and I've seen that. I've seen that happen where um, I've, I have a friend who his chart got hit with, um, with a Mars transit, which is typically more on the malefic side, um, that ended up getting him fired. And I saw it specifically, mm-hmm. and um, I've told him, I said, this, this is coming around again. And he's like, oh, that's a cool thought. I'm like, are you going to do anything to move? You have to move it, right? You have right. to move the energy. Right. And um, and it's something that I think when it comes to clients, I think they don't really understand it until they really live it. Okay. And I think some clients... Obviously, when they like when they get readings from us, whether it's whether it's astrology or tarot, there's a certain level of belief that they have to have to come forward and get a reading from us. Yeah, that's true. And but there's a certain level in this line of work where, unfortunately, um, people don't see it as like real. In yeah. Air quotes, right? Until it happens. And, yeah, exactly. Until our readings come to pass. Exactly. And yeah. I think sometimes that's that's what I think it takes for. Uh, the client to see the actual, the yeah, the actual like validity in what we do, and then they apply it, mm-hmm. right? I've seen a lot of people um, as they've kind of gone through very specific transits that I've said, hey, this date's going to be pivotal for you, this date's going to be pivotal for you, whatever yeah. it may be. Mm-hmm. When that date comes to pass and something genuinely happens mm-hmm. um, in related to that that thing, then they're like, oh, okay, now I'm going to apply it. Right. And I'm like, well, it would have been nice to listen to me before, <laughs> but unfortunately we're creatures of like, of like our reality and our like verifiability. And we need to like experience it mm-hmm. in our own way, in our own system mm-hmm. to trust ourselves. Right. Yeah. And that's a lot about what I think we do as practitioners is we try and teach our clients or, qu- or queerants, thank you, <laughs> queerants, like how, um, how to trust themselves. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes it's them having to live through um, certain experiences that we may have already seen coming for them yeah. um, and have them come back to us and report back to us and say, right. Hey, this happened. Yeah. Right. And then we, be- then they begin kind of their on their, like their own development, their mm-hmm. own um, unfolding, if you will, kind of mm-hmm. like really sinking into the understanding of the complexity of these divination tools and of life. Yeah. Right? You know, when you said that, I, the the immediate vision that I got or visual that I got was that of a toddler learning to walk. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And they're trying to explore their world. Um, mm-hmm. And now they've brought in the tool of divination through a trusted mm-hmm. advisor. Yeah. And um, they're going to try and stand and walk and, and do it themselves the way that they yep. think that they need to do it. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I keep, I keep tripping or falling. Mm-hmm. Let me grab at the table that's when you see like a toddler grab a table it's like yeah. i'm just gonna scooch over to a stabilize little bit myself. right yeah. mm-hmm. um and so we see that it you're right it's it's we do see them go through that and it's like oh okay yeah and but and and again that's why for me um being a trusted advisor it's so important for me to have a brick and mortar space mm-hmm. um, that i've invested in recently mm-hmm. um so that people can come back to me after they've tripped and fallen right right absolutely so um and and then I'll be there to help them stand back up and stabilize Absolutely. using the tool of tarot. Yeah. And I see you do that in your work too. Okay. So you've used a lot of vocabulary <laughs> today. Um, returns, retrogrades, yeah. uh, transits, squares, um, all sorts of things. Yeah. Tell us uh, what does it mean 
what does the word retrograde mean in astrology? Yeah, so um, retrograde is obviously a pretty pop astrology term. People yes. hear about it all the time. Even if you're not in the astrology space, you typically have heard, oh, Mercury is in retrograde. We have to, whatever it may be, whatever whatever it's saying, right? There's been there's been articles in the news and, and, and media just CNN for a long time. and uh, Time or some... Thing, they now have like articles about retrograde. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and it's something that Mercury retrograde is one of the. Um, I feel like people because Mercury retrograde is very popular, popular and known. Mm-hmm. It's something that um, it makes it more verifiable for people. Okay, right? Yeah. Um, so every planet goes retrograde. Well, the Sun and Moon don't go retrograde, but Mercury goes retrograde um, about three times a year, sometimes four if it's like a weird period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, Venus goes retrograde uh, about once a year. Mars goes retrograde about every two years. Jupiter's, all the outer planets go retrograde once a year, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. For a period of time. Right. So retrogrades are going to happen, right? They're mm-hmm. all they're all going to happen in their own sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, Mercury retrograde uh, has its own flavor to it that a Mars retrograde doesn't. Right. So what happens for people? What can they expect when Mercury goes retrograde? And what does a retrograde mean? Is it does the planet literally go backwards or? Yeah. So um, Mercury retro. Well, retrogrades in general, the way I tend to always frame them for my clients is there's a lot of um, there's a lot of fear around retrogrades, just period. Because okay. like it's almost like it's Mercury's retrograde. Don't literally do anything. Just sit at home and don't do anything. And it's, it's the boogeyman of astrology. Yeah, it really is. Because and it happens three or four times a year. So it's a lot of fear mongering in that way. And it's something that I, I try and tell people that um, any retrograde planet, um, when you if you were born under a retrograde or if you're experiencing a retrograde, which once again we 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 do often, often more often than you think, um, it's like a filtering system. Okay. Um, I've always explained it to my clients as think of Mercury retrograde, whether you have it during your birth chart or just you're experiencing it as a transit, mm-hmm. which we all do. It it's think of it as a filter in the sense that what you what penetrates your aura, what gets through to you mm-hmm. during a retrograde, um, mm-hmm. or as it pertains to that to that retrograde planet, what gets through to you, what penetrates, what makes sense. Um, that is what's supposed to. It's almost like a like a literal filtering system where okay. with Mercury retrograde, um, you know, people say all the time, they say, well, don't, don't write contracts, don't do this, don't mm-hmm. do that, right? But it's like, you can't help but kind of go through life, right? right. But it's what, it's what um, penetrates, what solidifies, what, um, in, in relation to Mercury, what um, we understand, what we actually can communicate during that time, that is what's supposed to be communicated. It's a very, it's like a kind of like a, think of it as like a funneling system where it's okay. like you get all this information from Mercury when it's direct. Yeah. And then when Mercury's retrograde, it kind of like funnels it to only what's like the bare necessities of information that you need to kind of understand and conceptualize of. Okay. Um, retrograde planets also have this kind of inherent um, doubling back. Um, energy in the sense mm-hmm. of it's kind of like you go and revisit something anything okay. that has to do with the um, prefix re in the sense of like reanalyze mm-hmm. you know um, revisit re you know reread even you know yeah. like just like just go re- through and just 
go through your life again uh-huh. um, as it relates to Mercury. So it's a lot of like, you know, rewriting, you know, re-understanding things. It's all of that. That prefix is really all of what a lot of um, retrogrades are about. Uh-huh. Um, and Mercury retrograde, uh, it happens. Um, it happens, like I said, about three or four times a year, depending upon the year. Um, and it happens for a total of about uh, three weeks or so is how long Mercury will actually be in retrograde motion. Okay. Um, it takes it takes a while um, for it to go through all of that because it'll go retrograde for about three weeks and then it will go direct and it will kind of revisit, once again, revisit those, those points that it passed over, right? Yeah, so that's why sure. it has this energy of revisiting and reevaluating that specific constellation that planet may be in if it's mercury um or that specific uh you know degrees or areas of life so Mm -hmm. um the thing that's important with retrograde planets is like for example if um there was a specific retrograde um over your sun in cancer right if there was a specific retrograde let's say of like venus or mars or jupiter whatever right Mm -hmm. um a specific retrograde, even Mercury, right? It doesn't really matter, but if there's a specific retrograde that's over your planet, okay, um, that will make that retrograde more pivotal to you, obviously, right? right? And so... Power of a per- personalized reading, too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, understanding that, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, okay, like, you have... Like, for example, my one my one friend, he has a Venus retrograde coming up soon who where it's, it's retrograding directly... It's stationing, meaning that it's um, it's the degree that it, the range of degrees that it kind of goes through. There's a station on one end and a station on the other end. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like goes to one end, goes backwards, okay. retrogrades, and then goes the other way, right? Gotcha. So those stationing degrees are very powerful. Okay. So for this particular person I'm speaking on, he has Venus retrograding directly on top of his own natal sun this year. Oh, wow. So it's going it's going to be more pivotal, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like that station is directly on top of your actual sun. So that degree becomes more important. Yeah, for sure. And that degree happens to be where his sun's at. Oh. So it's going to be a very important thing for him in specific, mm-hmm. right? And so I've told him that um, it's something of the lines of, you know, that's going to be very much your identity being kind of brought Reflecting. up, right? right? But point, point being... Um, retrogrades are a filtering system they are something that as we go through them we learn more of um our own truth specifically with mercury retro with with, with mercury retrograde we learn our own voice we learn how to how to really double back and understand more of what we're meant to um kind of communicate about we're meant to kind of talk about what Mm -hmm. we're meant to um work with right Um, because once again it's a filtering system why do you think you you made mention of it uh, fear-mongering a little bit yeah. Uh, because yeah if you'd start if you're looking at people's posts on social media mm-hmm. people immediately start freaking out like oh my god yeah. mercury's going retrograde um why do you think that the the narrative um, about mercury retrograde is more about fear as opposed to what you just did educating people about hey it's not something to be afraid of this is an opportunity for you to kind of focus mm-hmm. um uh, and reframe and you know say what needs to be said speak about 
what really needs to be heard. Mm-hmm. It's it's the epitome of say less. Exactly. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. So why do you why do you think I think about this too as it relates to tarot, um, the people utilize they attach what we do um, or or push it out to the world uh, through the lens of fear or fear or fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a tarot card reader. If Those of you, if you ever come here to the House of Divina, there will be some key things that you'll see behind my my cash register. I have a deck of cards, Miss Cleo, uh, who I honor and would not be a tarot card reading without her experience because representation matters. Mm-hmm. And then two, you will also see that I have um, Zoltar, uh, mm-hmm. who is the... Um, He's like the mechanical uh, fortune teller that you see all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to House on the Rock, they have one there in Wisconsin. And I was doing some traveling the other year uh, going through uh, New Mexico. And they had one in like this gas station. Mm-hmm. And you see people, you know, travel to those. So I don't shy away from those archetypes. Um, I actually celebrate them because sure. all of it. Brings people into an awareness, and um, but but my the thing that I always wonder about is why do people propagate fear to educate? Do you think mm-hmm. that that um, people research are more likely to research what um, what they're afraid of or run from it? What do you think the the purpose of of fear mongering the term retrogrades? I think. Part of the there's a there's a dual reason why I think um, retrogrades are fear are, are fear mongered is because one what you just kind of said where it's like we fear what we don't understand mm-hmm. right kind of that running from what we don't know mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that's a big portion of it um, the other portion that I feel as well which I think is a lesser known portion is I think that if it kind of it kind of helps mainstream media to kind of like invalidate. Yeah. astrology if it's like it it makes it fearful it makes people run from from what they don't understand and what they're afraid of so i think it's kind of like um this this twofold thing where the um the perspective of um retrograde planets um is pretty it's pretty negative mm-hmm. and it's 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 for that reason that i think why a lot of people run from astrology mm-hmm. and run from even ex ex like understanding it and experiencing it. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they almost, they want to kind of like, um, they want to make it so that people don't trust our line of work, at least with astrology in that way. Tarot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Where they kind of make it this, this like etheric non-visible thing when in actuality, Mm -hmm. it's very much something that is, like important and part of our everyday life yeah. and learning to work with those energies as opposed to run from them is going to benefit you in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just overall in life that could be applied to anything like being able to just work with what difficulties you're given yeah. is going to help you much, much better than it, than just avoiding it, right. Yeah. Running from it. So I think there's a lot of fear mongering around that. But, and there's an, another part of it is because like I said, they, people don't understand it. Yeah. People don't see it as, you know, revisiting, um, you know, revisiting our thoughts, revisiting our, you know, our uh, communication style. And we we don't see that as having value. 
right? Because we're always trying to move forward. We're always trying to to progress, right? Yeah. And so to but regress, if you don't know where you've been, where you're coming from, you certainly don't know how to get to where you're exactly. Going. And so when it's this energy of like regression, mm-hmm. like no one wants to think of regression as a beneficial thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's just a natural thing in our language. When you think of something's like something's regressing, it's not obviously going in a, a positive direction for the right. most part. So there's natural sort of in, like inclina- or, um, inclination in the way that we use our language to respond in that way, yeah. right? And so that's something that I think it's difficult because it's so in our culture to talk about astrology and retrogrades in that fear-mongering way. Yeah. Um, but as I've seen astrology become more widely um, accepted, at least in the online community, it becomes something that people are like, it can't just all be negative. Like right. every retrograde can't just all be negative. Right. There has to be something positive with this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, but I think it's a lot about the language we use. It's a lot mm-hmm. about the awareness we have, right? Yeah. Cause sometimes there's some people, not everyone, but there's some people that during Mercury retrogrades have like the best time of their life and benefit everything. Right. Yeah. yeah I'm one of those people when re- Mercury goes retrograde, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that, that makes your experience entirely different from what mainstream media or from what most astrologers are saying. So then you obviously understand that there's value in mm-hmm. that retrograde energy. Yeah. And um, which sign Mercury goes retrograde in gives me an experience that's going to be different uh-huh. from a different sign. And for me, that has been uh, very enlightening and um, insightful. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it, also allows me to have work with clients differently. I notice that the cards sometimes talk differently because of the retrograde mm-hmm. and who that person is and what's going on yeah. with their own, you That's know, so cool. zodiac. I, I've noticed that and I'm like, oh, this is cool. This yeah, that's cool. really cool. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's really interesting. So depending upon the sign that Mercury goes retrograde in, because once again, Mercury goes retrograde like three or four times a year. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's quarterly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it's, yeah, it is. And it's something that the sign is very important to know um, because the themes related to that specific sign are going to be revisited yes. and, and kind of worked through once again. Um, and like I said earlier, if it if it's hitting specifically like your sun, right, yeah. or your, your moon or whatever, like we just finished um, this very long Mars retrograde that was in Gemini for ever. <laughs> And I wish you guys could see Brandon's face. For, it was so long. <laughs> it was so long. But point is, is like it was something that if you had a planet in Gemini that mm-hmm. was between, I think, like 28 degrees and like, I want to say like 8 degrees, regardless, that planet was getting hit a lot during yeah. that retrograde period. Mm-hmm. And it's something that knowing the retrogrades knowing that there's benefit to that it's mm-hmm. the cosmos are lining these planets up depending upon um what we all need collectively yeah. right there's like mm-hmm. there's this lesson and if you know mercury's retrograding in you know the sign of pisces which mm-hmm. it doesn't really function that well in versus mercury's retrograding in the sign of virgo where it functions very well in mm-hmm. you're gonna have different experiences yeah um both collectively and individually <clears throat> depending upon um, your own chart, yes. right? And everything else that's going on, Yeah, you know, in the, in the skies. So it's a very, it's very important to know what sign Mercury is going retrograde in, and especially if Mercury is going retrograde at a degree or in your own sign. And sometimes too, Mercury will retrograde in one sign and go into another one. 
right? It'll go into the one prior to it, right? So it'll kind of bounce between those two themes, which Mm -hmm. then plays out another aspect of it, right? Um, But what I would would say to people, what's most important about Mercury retrogrades, because they do happen frequently, Mm -hmm. um, one, knowing your natal chart is very important, regardless of this, but Mm -hmm. knowing that Mercury, if Mercury stations meaning that it it begins or ends its ends its retrograde at that degree of your your rising sign or your sun sign or your moon sign. Okay. That is going to be more important than like anything else. That will be the priority. So, let's speak to that. You said degrees of yeah. of sun sign. Um do you want to talk help people understand what yeah. what you mean by that? Yeah, degree? absolutely. So, um the degree is is it's it has to do with the division of um, the con- the constellation, okay? Okay. Meaning that there's 12 constellations, mm-hmm. um, 360 degrees are in a circle, okay. and so each constellation is divided, 360 divided by 12 mm-hmm. signs is going to be 30 degrees okay. per, um, per sign. Yes. Okay. So the sun, for example, spends about... Um, about a month or so in a sign, mm-hmm. right? In a specific sign. So um, if you were born at the beginning of, you know, let's say Aries season versus the end of Aries season, you would have a different degree of of your sun that's mm-hmm. in Aries. Yeah. So if it was the very, like the, the equinox, you would have a zero degree, one degree, mm-hmm. you know, Aries sun. Okay. Versus if you were born right towards the end when the sun goes into, or it's about rather to go into Taurus, you would have a later degree, mm-hmm. um, you know, Aries sun. And so that's the sun sign. Every planet has its own degree where mm-hmm. it kind of goes through each um, each sort of uh, uh, sign. Yeah. And so like the moon, go, the moon goes through an entire um, sign in about two and a half days, right? Okay. Um, Venus takes about like a couple weeks. Mars, depending upon if it's retrograde or not, every plant depends on, re- on, re- on retrogrades or not. But um, in forward motion, they all typically take their own amount of time yeah. to go through those degrees. Yeah. It, but the thing that's important about Mercury retrograde or any retrograde is if it's stationing, beginning or ending that on the degree of like your sun or right. your moon or your rising sign, right? Um, so the degrees have a... Um, have a level of um, specificity to them, to the chart. Yeah. Um, where it's like, if you have a very early degree, like for me, like I have a very early degree Saturn, mm-hmm. right? Um, versus a later degree Saturn. So what the that... impact is going to Yeah, be. the impact's at a different time, mm-hmm. right? So for me, my Saturn return peaked mm-hmm. at a very early time because my Saturn was at a very early degree of Aquarius. Mm-hmm. And now, and then as I went through my Saturn return, mm-hmm. the stress kind of went down, right? Mm-hmm. Versus if I had Saturn at a later degree, mm-hmm. when Saturn went through, you know, its um its time in Aquarius, mm-hmm. it would build up to a peak at a later point in time. And that is the degree that it would be hitting, yeah. right? Um, so it's all about, like, really the specificity of timing with degrees. But sure. it also... Um, there's a whole degree theory thing as well that I don't really prescribe to and or use in my work. Um, some astrologers use that where there's yeah. like very specific, deg- this degree means this, this degree means this. Oh, and wow. there is some power in that. Yeah. Um, there's, there's definitely some 
some um, value in that line of work and looking at things. Okay. Um, but I've I've just never really integrated it into my work personally. Yeah. And it's something that the degrees have a lot of impact on them. Yeah. In tarot, um, I use the degrees. That's how I figure out timelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, because each card, as I was saying before, in tarot does align with astrology and it's based on the degrees. Yes. Um, degrees people is, it's also why you can have, um, people who are the same zodiac sign, Mm -hmm. but who behave very differently. Um, a, I'm an early degree. I call people say I'm an early degree cancerian. So when you look up cancer, my face is there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whereas, um, I have hung out with other cancerians who are, at a different point within that degrees that Brandon is talking about. And they either have more, um, more traits of maybe, uh, fixed water, Mm -hmm. uh, which is Scorpio, or they have more traits of, uh, mutable water, which is Pisces, depending Mm -hmm. on where they, they flow. So, um, so degrees matter, you guys, when you're talking about astrology, Uh, Not just education. So, um, and this this would be a reason why if you're trying to understand yourself better, I would strongly encourage you to contact Brandon and get an astrological reading, have him go over your chart. It will be um, something that you'll never forget. It'll be a reference tool because when he does these readings, he also records them and you get a, a, a... like a MP3 uh, copy of this Mm -hmm. to keep and to go over. I have mine. Mm -hmm. He did one for me. He specifically did one for the house of Davina too. And I just found it pretty phenomenal. I listened to it on a regular basis Mm -hmm. because I'm just like, okay, what, what day are we coming up on? What transit, what's about to happen? Mm -hmm. Let me figure this out. Mm -hmm. It was interesting too, that we uncovered that my business's chart, even though it's a Libra, is very similar to my chart as uh-huh. a cancer. And yep. it was just, I was like, well, there, that's, that's interesting. There. Yeah. So there's so much that you can find out by getting your own private reading with a professional astrologer, a trusted advisor like Brandon. I don't know another one that I would trust, so I can't recommend them. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. I would strongly encourage you all to, to contact Brandon and I'll have his information. How do people get in touch with you? How do they um, find out about the work that you do? Where, where can they find you? Um, yeah. So I, I have a website that's bramstrology.com. So B R A M S T R O L O G Y.com. I also, it's the same handle on Instagram. Um, and I pretty much just do, I also do things on TikTok as well on occasion. Okay. Um, and so it's really just, and, and all my, all my socials are kind of linked all over the place okay. all together. So you can easily find me. If you find me on one, you can find me on all the other ones. Okay. okay. And, um, same with YouTube as well. YouTube's okay. the same thing. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's really something that I, I kind of just have my, all the platforms for the most part. Yeah. Uh, um, and if people want to book readings with me, I do have the, um, my website, obviously, those are for longer form videos, typically. Okay. Um, if you're in the Chicagoland area, um, I do in-person consultations. Nice. Um, much like what I did with you, where we can, like, talk about um, your chart, and I pull up the chart, voice record everything as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am doing some little pop-up events around Illinois, so once again, Chicago. Not wins. little. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> big, yeah, a little bit, yeah, more, more, more events. Um, 
bigger events yet around the state. And so Chicagoland area is mainly where I work out of, but obviously I have a lot of online clients as well over the country and the world. Yeah. Um, so if anyone is interested in reaching out to me, my socials will be on the website. Um, and yeah, and you can always book with me. You can message me on Instagram, whatever, if you're interested. Um, if you found that my um, line of work resonates with you and you feel like it's something that um, you'd benefit off of reading, um, feel free to just reach out to me and see what we can come up with. Yeah. So. And what's, do you have a time frame? How, what amount of time do you, can they expect to invest in a reading with you? For me, uh, I do it in increments. So it's either half hour or an hour with mm-hmm. me, but how, um, how much time should they, they set aside to share with you for a reading? So it really kind of depends if they want to have an actual consultation with me or uh-huh. if they want a private video. Okay. Like a personalized pre-recorded video. It really depends. Okay. Um, the in-person or virtual consultations, um, those are typically about an hour. Those are okay. typically what I kind of always keep them at. Yeah. Um, just because it's there's a lot that I go into. I do a lot of prep work prior. A lot of stuff I do for that. Yeah. Um, and I also do, um, for the, the pre-recorded videos, those are more, those are a range, right? Okay. It kind of really depends on what you're looking for. I've had things from as little as like a mini 15 minute reading, which I personally don't enjoy as much because I can't go as deep as I would have liked, yeah. um, to all the way, you know, two hour plus readings where okay. I go into and analyze the relationship that you're in or potentially trying to be in things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really a range um, of the pre-recorded. So it's really about what you're looking to get out of it. Most people start with my like bread and butter, which is my birth chart readings. And okay. those are about an hour, okay. an hour, a little bit over an hour. Um, I go into the natal chart. It's a pre-recorded YouTube video for you okay. that you have for reference, literally forever for your entire journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also with YouTube, I make like a little like web So, like, in the sense of, like, if you ever order another reading from me, that's a pre-recorded video, Mm -hmm. um, I link it into the other videos that you've gotten from me and subsequent videos you would get from me. So, I kind of make it a nice little web so that if you have one link, like, let's say you got the regular regular birth chart reading and then you also got a love reading, I don't want to have it two separate links that if you can't find your email over here, you you just lost it, right? Right. So, I I always link them for my clients so that it's it's a cohesive sort of, like, like way to um, really solidify the information that I've given you and make it easily accessible for you. And also, of course, private. It's something that's entirely private. Mm-hmm. Only myself and the clients have access to those videos. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. And let's talk about these events that you do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so you are, you're all over the state of Illinois mm-hmm. and you host these events Talk to us about um, who's the audience of these events and what content do you cover? Yeah. So, um, and how do people get to them? Yeah. 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 yeah, That too. So a lot of my events as of right now are um, in the Chicagoland area in in Chicago, most specifically in Logan square. Um, So I'm doing a lot of um, events at the Logan square auditorium where there's a lot of like other vendors that are there, Uh um, whether they're people like yourself Mm -hmm. um, or people that are selling, you know, crystals or people that are doing other things of that nature. So it's more of like a group sort of environment for those specific events. I'm in the Logan square area that I've been doing quite often. Um, Then I also do, um, I've just, we just started this recently, but, um, and it's kind of on the, on the up, 
the uptick, but we're doing a queer self-care Sunday event, okay. which is a bunch of um, similar similar premise where it's a bunch of different services that you, they, 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 you can get, but it's a self-care Sunday in the sense that you can go and get, you know, a massage and you can get a tarot reading and get an astrology reading, things of that nature. And they're all by, um, by queers and or for queers, um, to kind of just do a self care day. Right. It's obviously of of course open to, to cisgender people as well. And people that are, you know, not in the queer community. Um, I'm doing those. And then as for like, um, the speaking engagements, I haven't done any, in reference to astrology as of yet oh, okay. fingers crossed i would love to do those um but it's something that um yeah i'm just I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to doing more events in that way sure um i'm picking up a lot of events in the city which is really nice they're just mm-hmm. kind of little little and big things depending upon what i'm doing i've done um the lyric opera house of chicago i did a really big oh, event there yeah that was really cool I was um, reading for the VIPs um, at that event, which was really, really fun. I love that. Yeah, for like a Halloween event. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I just, I really love doing events because it, it has a different a different sense of connection mm-hmm. that you can't get online. Yeah. Um, and so I've been doing those and I've really found a lot of joy in that and a lot of, um, a lot more value out of doing those mm-hmm. because it, it gets it so that I can meet those actual people. Um, and yeah, and it's something that, I mean, I really, really love what I do. Mm -hmm. I really, I love it. I I do it every day. I look at charts every day and it's so fun to me. And, Mm -hmm. and yeah, and I, and I, and I have a lot of events up in, um, Chicago. There's one in Albany park coming up that I'm trying to make a consistent thing where I'm consistently doing readings at that, at that specific crystal shop. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just a lot of like up and coming events that are ramping up, which is awesome. Um, yeah, and I love I love doing more events. I love them. They're just so much fun for me. Yeah. So. I love events too. I used to before I um became a house reader, I used to travel and go to fairs and festivals. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't do anything outdoor. Uh most of them were like conventions and stuff. Yeah. And the reason that I did those was because it allowed me to have a broader range and to educate people about the tool of tarot and educate away the fear of using the tool of tarot and address the stigma, uh, stigmas associated with tarot. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times I heard, oh, I didn't know people like you did tarot card readings. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, well, now you do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And so I love to do, to do those events. Uh, so those of you who are listening, I have, have RV will travel. Uh, so if you have something going on in another state, um, let me know, send me an invite. You can do that on the website. You can, uh, send me a DM on Instagram or TikTok, Um, and we can set something like that up. Well, Brandon, thank you so much. I know. So Brandon and I are friends. We could talk for hours. We actually, the last <laughs> time, the last time you came over by the house, we, he came over to do a reading for me for for the store, and what was like? And then we wound up the whole day. It was the whole day. We wound up going out to dinner. It was a whole thing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I so, got there. I think at like one p.m. I didn't get home till like nine p.m. or something like yes, that. Yes, but we fed you. I know. No, we I loved out, it. No, I, we lo- I loved it. <laughs> loved it. It, it, yeah, we made it. It was a whole day thing. So thank you for uh, being arrested by us. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it's totally fine. I don't mind it. But no, and I and I really, really love. And that's the thing. Like, I could sit here and talk to you all day. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I know we could, do, we could do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We could do the same. And it's just, it's so great to just be here and be a part of this. And 
um, I'm just really grateful to just be able to just lend my voice to your podcast as well as um, whomever's listening, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's so important for you to be able to do what you're doing, and you're doing an amazing thing here Thank you. with getting people involved with a community that are very ethically sound. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's such an important thing for us to see in this community. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's, it's just a great thing you're doing, Tony. I'm so happy to be here. So thank, you. Yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, it did come up in the chart. So. Yeah, it did. That That is very true. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I was like, so funny. You should say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Conversations with a Card Reader, the official podcast for the House of Davina uh, with my special guest, Brandon, who is a phenomenal uh, astrologer. And until the next episode, you guys have a great day. Make it a great season and we will talk soon. Bye bye. Thank you so much for coming over to my house. If you enjoyed this episode of Conversations with a Card Reader, please subscribe and download the podcast so you're notified when the next episode airs. You can find me on all social media as The House of Davina. Oh, and next time, bring a friend who needs a friend.